You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So I've been on vacation for the past week, and during my vacation, I really, really tried not to work at all. And except for responding to a couple emails, I pretty much succeeded, which means I don't really have a true sermon sermon for you today. But what I do have are a few reflections about my week in light of today's gospel. So here it goes. Number one. Pleasure is holy. Pleasure is holy. I spent the majority of my vacation with my partner Brian at an indoor water park resort outside Colorado Springs. (laughs) I didn't even know like such weird places existed, but whoever came up with the idea is a total genius. I mean, if you have to stay in a hotel anyway... Why not stay in one that swaps the typical boring swimming pool for giant water slides and a ropes course, right? So I ended up up having a blast. But if I'm honest, I must admit that it took a lot of coaxing to get me to a place where I could enjoy myself. Even in a place that exists solely for the purpose of human pleasure. I mean, even though God has hardwired me and all of us to enjoy things like water slides and wave pools, there's a part of me, a pretty strong part of me, that likes to fight against the things that I actually enjoy. I mean, maybe it was my fundamentalist upbringing, or maybe it's the Protestant work ethic, but whatever it is, When I see a water slide, my knee-jerk reaction is to hear something like the voice of the Saturday Night Live church lady saying, Satan? (laughs) Though God has hardwired my body for enjoyment, there's something inside me that keeps trying to override my hardwiring and keep me away from the things that bring me joy. Which is why I need today's gospel reading, where we hear that the first place where the risen Christ shows up is in a meal with his friends. It's in a moment of pure pleasure. On the day of resurrection, when Jesus meets the two disciples on their way out of town, Jesus does not choose to fully reveal himself to them in in his theological explanation of the scriptures as important as that was. No, the risen Christ first makes himself fully known in the breaking of the bread. Bread, that glutinous mass of pure pleasure that for so many of us today is the food we turn to when we've just had it with our diet. When we can't have one more smoothie or one more burger served on a bun of lettuce, bread... (laughs) Bread is pleasure. And the risen Christ first shows up in bread. 
bread broken for me and for you so that we will know that we are free. Pleasure is holy. Number two, my story is never the whole story. Another thing I did this week was much less fun, and that was finally get my car towed to the mechanic so it could be repaired. For the past six months, Brian and I have been sharing his car because I was absolutely certain that my car was beyond repair. Now, I must preface this by saying I know very little to nothing about cars. So I'm not exactly sure why I got it in my head that I could ever be certain about the state of my car, but nevertheless, I was certain. I had bought the car already well used, and after we drove it from San Francisco to Denver when we moved here, it started making this awful, loud, rumbling sound that I was certain was the engine going out. Not having the money to fix it at the time, I drove it until it died on me six months ago. And once it had died on me, I decided to donate it to Colorado Public Radio, since I was certain that it was the engine and that we couldn't afford that kind of repair. So the tow truck came, and just as the car was being pulled onto the tow, the tow guy stopped me and said, wait, why are you getting rid of this car in the first place? I said, well, the engine is dead, and I can't afford to fix it. He looked at me, puzzled, and said, the engine's fine. All you needed was a new battery. (laughs) I'm sure I turned all shades of red like I am now. Well, what about the rumbling sound, I said. Oh, you just have a few screws loose. (laughs) So I kept the car, and I got it to the mechanic this week, and they called me, and I was like, so what was the rumbling sound? They said, just a few screws loose. My story is never the whole story. I've been thinking a lot about this, about the failure of the stories I tell myself in light of the conversation between Jesus and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. The one where Jesus runs up a bit, a bit like a stalker and is like, what are you talking about? Could you be talking about me? <laughs> and the disciples are like, what rock have you been hiding under? And they proceed to tell the story of Jesus' crucifixion, still certain that the story of Jesus had ended in the worst possible way. But Jesus responds, wait, you're not telling the whole story. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Jesus reveals to them that this thing they are certain was a tragedy was really the beginning of a new heaven and a new earth. Our stories are never the whole story. But it's so easy to believe the opposite. It's so easy to think that our version of the story is the right one and that everyone else is deluded. Like when Brian and I checked into the Water Park Hotel, the receptionist asked us if we'd like a pair of wolf ears, a magic wand, and a cape. Yeah, the resort had a, has like a weird wolf plus wizard theme. I, I didn't quite get it, but... So in my head, I was thinking, wolf ears! Like, don't you know what's going on in the world? I mean, 
there's North Korea and ISIS, and the Methodist Church right now is voting on whether to uphold the consecration of the first lesbian bishop. How could I wear wolf ears at a time like this? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the whole time we were there at the resort, the kids kept staring at us like, where are your wolf ears and your wand? (laughs) My story is never the whole story. Number three, Christ is making us one even as we're walking away from each other. I'm struck by how in the Gospel of Luke, the first thing that the risen Christ does, the very first thing he does is go after the ones who are walking away. While the rest of the disciples are still huddled together in that room, these two were leaving. They were getting out of Jerusalem. They were going home. But Jesus goes after them. Like, if I had just been beaten crucified and buried and then had to harrow the gates of hell and then rise from the dead still with the holes in my hands and feet, my first day would not include running down a dusty road chasing after two rogue disciples. I'd want at least a nap first. But this is the kind of God that we have. In Jesus, we see reflected the God who comes after us And makes us one even as we're walking away. Because at the end of our gospel reading it says, That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered there together. This week while at the water park I had a, a moment that caused me to marvel at all the ways God uses to bring us together. Brian and I were at the top of this giant water slide, and you had to ride down the slide on a big raft. And up to four people could ride on the raft, but you couldn't ride down the raft alone. When it was our turn to ride, we saw this little boy all by himself. He looked at us and asked if he could ride it because his family didn't want to. Everything in me wanted to say no. I didn't want to have to interact with a stranger much less a kid, but we said, sure, why not? Well, Brian and I weigh a lot more than this kid (laughs) or his siblings, which meant that compared to his previous ride, this ride, the raft flew down that slide. The kid's eyes got so big, and he screamed with delight as we, like, got to this place in the slide, and and the raft almost flipped us over. It was like as dramatic as it could be. His joy was infectious. A gift that I couldn't help but receive. And for this gift and all God's God's gifts, I give thanks to the Lord. I give thanks that even though all too often my knee-jerk reaction is to resist, to resist God in her infinite wisdom, But God in her infinite wisdom has created endless ways to break down my defenses and break open my heart. To break open my heart to know that pleasure is holy. That my story is never the whole story. And that God is making us one even as we're walking away. Thanks be to God.
Amen.